Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, you guys ready for part two of Prison Break? I'm excited. Got a word for you. I want to welcome you once again to Bethesda Church. Uh, We kicked this series off last week uh, entitled Prison Break. It's a series on temptation, and we learned last week that every single person deals with temptation. We're all just tempted a little bit different doesn't mean that we never had the same temptations, but if we polled everybody in the room about what their temptations are, we would get a lot of different answers back. The feedback would be various because we all have struggles that we are overcoming, struggles that we are working through. Um, And in this series, next week, I'm going to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit and his role to give you strength to find your way out of temptation And in the last week, we are going to look at the reality of whatever you feed, that will grow, and whatever you starve, that will die. Today, I want you to prayerfully listen to this message through the lens of maybe your one or top two temptations, all right? Let Let me just help everybody. I want you to prayerfully listen to this message through the lens of whatever temptation you struggle with. Maybe you're top one, maybe you're top two, maybe you even take a minute right now and jot down your top one, two, or three temptations. You say, well, um, I don't really want to do that because if I write this down and my neighbor looks, they're going to jump up and run out of here if they knew what I was tempted by. Uh, Well, if that's the case, I just want you to bring that to to your mind. But if you're comfortable, I think it's a powerful thing to go ahead and jot down whatever it is that you know it's a temptation for you. You know it's a struggle. You know you got to work on this. You know you need God's presence and the Holy Spirit's help in your life to be able to navigate this struggle. But I want you to hear the message through that lens because today I want to talk to you about fighting temptation, fighting temptation. Um, In this message, I I, I feel like um, I need to give you some examples because as a pastor, I said this last week, sometimes I come to this pulpit and I just want to take you deep. Like I just want to give you, you know, the meat of God's word and, and you know, those hidden treasures and nuggets that, that, that you can find in scripture and, and, and just uncover some things for you. And that, that's kind of a, that's something I enjoy doing, but um, all week long, I have to hear how people are, are addicted to pornography. Addicted to substance, addicted to sugar. Uh, you know, you, you, you're living in a world that's messed up and crazy and, uh, and, and people spend every weekend traveling and doing whatever they want and never prioritize church. And so I'm, I, I can be out here talking about all these deep things of the Lord 
But when you guys get here and everybody sitting out there is struggling with pornography and lust and substance abuse and, and uh, they, they, they divorce and, and, you know, just making it from day to day, how many know we got to talk about some of the issues? And so I, I got to give you some examples of what your struggle could be today. One of those could be um, sugar or overeating. You know that you need to make better decisions when it comes to your diet and when it comes to your health. I grew up in a church, and I'm not throwing my church under the bus because they were doing the best that they knew how with what they had, but they talked a lot about, like, don't chew, don't smoke, don't drink. And, and I mean, they would, they, would, they would drive it home, and they all 200 pounds overweight. Oh my gosh, stop with the Reese cups. You got to lay off the sugar. How many know sugar will kill you? Why, why, why are we just acting like if I eat the candy and the ice cream, and I'm going to tell on myself in just a minute, every single day, that it is damaging the temple of the Holy Spirit? So your struggle today may be overeating. It could be you're addicted to sugar. For some of you, it could be overspending, that you're in debt. And instead of getting out of debt and managing what you have in a way that honors God, you continue to spend even when you don't have the money to spend. For you, that may be a sin. If God has told you to stop it and you keep doing it, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Some of y'all don't want to quote that one. Um, overeating, uh, spending, substance abuse, something in a bottle, something that you smoke, something that you shoot up, and you can't even go long distances without the substance. Like, you can't put a lot of space in there. You need another hit. You need another touch from whatever it is. Uh, some of you in this room are battling with lust. The reality is, according to studies, that would be, please don't throw anything at me, that would be a large percentage of you. Because the same percentage of people struggling with lust in the world, it's the same in the church. Those numbers do not go down. Are y'all are hearing me? Um, lust is a big deal. And we know that in the old covenant, you know, the, the law said don't commit adultery. But in the new covenant, a lot of people are like, well, I'm just looking, pastor. It's not a really big deal. You know, it's not, you know, just looking. Jesus said, if you look on a woman with lust in your heart, to you, that's lust, that's sin. So whatever the temptation is today, it could be a substance, it could be sugar, it could be lust, it could be you're tempted to criticize people. Some people think that criticism is a spiritual gift. It is not. It is not one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I know you think every time you do it, you're like helping God and operating in your gift. There is nowhere in Scripture that says that is a gift. Baby, that thing is a curse. Stop using your words to tear people down, but use your words to build people 
up. I need somebody to give him a praise right there. Bill, anybody can tear stuff. Anybody can do that. But not everybody can use their words to build others up. And so I want you to listen to this message through the lens. And maybe I didn't even name your temptation. That's all right. The Holy Spirit knows and you know. Right? And we're going we're gonna to hear this message through that lens. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, starting in verse number 12. It says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. I always heard that verse quoted, God will never put more on you than you can bear. The Bible doesn't say that. When it says he won't put more on you than what you can bear, that's only in relationship to temptation. Sometimes we go through things in life that is more than we can bear. That's why Jesus said, cast your cares upon me and I'll care for you. Life sometimes is unbearable, but we give it to Jesus. But with temptation, he said, you'll never be tempted beyond what you can handle. Even though a lot of people say, I just couldn't resist. I just couldn't say no. PK said it a little bit ago. How many of the devil wants you to believe you can't resist? That you can't stand up in the face of temptation? That you can't overcome the addiction you've had for the last seven years? You need to be reminded today that the devil is, in fact, a liar. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And you can overcome every single temptation that the enemy is throwing at you. He says, I'll, I'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, God will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So Paul says, if you think you're standing firm, you better be careful because we all know pride comes before a fall. We also know that God resists the proud I don't want God to resist me, but he gives grace to the humble. It's very powerful that when we humble ourselves in the area of temptation, I promise you that you're going to find a way out. And, and I, this whole, you know, if you think you stand, be careful. I got to give an example. And I got to tell on myself right here. Back uh, at the beginning of March, uh, PK and myself decided we're going to eat right. Anybody ever did that? <laughs> We're going to eat right. We're just going to do it, bless God. Like this Monday, we getting up and we doing it. And we got up that Monday and we did it. For eight, maybe nine weeks. Eight or nine. She's like, move on. Um, because she's still doing well. But your boy, <laughs> he fell off the wagon. Eight or nine weeks, I mean, I'm talking perfect. All I ate was like lettuce and lean meat. Every now and then, if it was a good day, we had Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Praise his name. Right? I mean, this went on for eight or nine weeks. I dropped 21 pounds. 
No, 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 no. Don't you clap. That's, the story is not over. We, <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody today. This thing's, come on. How many know the battle's for real, y'all? So, so, so we got eight or nine weeks, 21 pounds, the keto thing, eating lean meat and lettuce and, you know, all the, all the, thi- all the things. And um, then I fell off the wagon about four weeks ago. I mean, I, when I say I fell off the wagon, I mean, I've been ran over by the wagon. Uh, <laughs> I keep telling Karen, I'm going, I, I got this. I'm going to get back. I'm going to, I'm going to get back on. And, you, you know, the whole thing for me is how many ever, ever do that, fall off the wagon, and then have a hard time getting back? Can you, can you be honest? Like, it's just, you know, I was fine until I fell off. And, and the whole thing is, is that um, I started talking, about, when you're doing well, you start talking about the importance of discipline. If you think you stand, you better be careful lest you fall. So I'm telling people, yeah, you just got to be disciplined, man. I mean, you just got to be disciplined. If you'll be disciplined, your life will change. So I was disciplined for eight or nine weeks. And so I felt comfortable talking about discipline. But today I'm struggling to talk about discipline because for eight or nine weeks I said no to donuts, no to ice cream, and y'all don't even know how big that is. Like ice cream, no. But over the last four weeks, I've said yes to donuts. I've said yes to pizza. I've said yes to ice cream. I've said yes to french fries. I've said yes to whatever, whatever. Any, anything I shouldn't eat, I have said yes to it. And so I say that is, is because the moment you think you are standing firm is when you become extremely vulnerable. For those who, who would say today, I, I really don't need this message, Pastor Chad. Um, you know, I, I really don't need, you know, any work in this area. You are probably the one that needs it the most. Because if you think you stand, you better be careful lest you fall. Coming to Jesus does not mean that now I'll be absent of temptation. Coming to Christ does not mean that. It means that when I come to Christ, what I'm doing now is I am declaring war on temptation. That I now I'm going to stand up against temptation. The good news is, is that you don't have to fight temptation by yourself. How many are thankful that God will get involved in the battle with you to help you overcome whatever it is that you're tempted with? And this is what Paul said in verse 13. He said, God is faithful. He's faithful. Somebody sitting in the chairs today or watching online today, sitting there thinking, man, I have have consistently struggled. I have consistently failed. I can't get past this temptation. I always fall in the same area. I'll probably never get past it. I want to remind you, God is faithful. You're not fighting the battle against that temptation by yourself. The Holy Spirit's going to get involved and give you the grace and the strength you need to say yes to the things you need to say yes to 
and no to the things you need to say no to. And if you believe that today, can you give God a praise? If you believe the Holy Spirit is going to help you, he's going to do it. Every time you're tempted, our God will provide a way out. Every single time, 100% of the time, God, God's word is true. He said, every time you're tempted, I will provide a way of escape. Now, in order to understand how you and I can resist temptation, you say, well, Pastor, why are you talking to us about it? You've been eating sugar. Hey, y'all, I'm a work in progress. Some of y'all looking at me with judgment. I can feel it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If we're going to learn how to resist temptation, I think we have to understand how temptation works against us. Um, and so I want to give you real quick the process of temptation. I want you to, to get the process of temptation. Um, temptation always starts with a thought. Okay? It always starts with a thought. For me, it is, I really want ice cream. Okay? Second step of this process is imagination. So for me, it starts with a thought, I want ice cream. Then my imagination kicks in, and it's like, man, the semi-sweet chocolate chip ice cream that Kroger's has would taste amazing, right? And, you know, I, I can even imagine adding some chocolate chips to it and a little heavy whipped cream. Some of y'all, you're judging me. I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to see what you've been cooking up. Then, how many of you have thought, you have imagination, but then you have, we all do it. When it comes to temptation, when you fail against temptation, it's because you've done the third step, justification. We start justifying it. Well, I haven't had ice cream in eight or nine weeks. It's been a long time. You know, I, I, I've been doing really good. We, we, how many know we always begin justifying the wrong decisions? And whether that's, eating ice cream or a substance or looking at pornography or, come on, y'all, it's because we started with a thought, we imagined it, and then we began to justify it. We justify it in our head, and then it leads to the fourth step, which is a choice. So for me, I have thought about it, I've imagined it, I have justified it, and then I, I make a choice that, you know what, Kroger's is down there where Zeke's school is. <laughs> PK knows. I'm going to swing right into Kroger, grab my chocolate chip, two, two tubs, please. <laughs> One tub ain't enough. I got to have this you know, for at least two days. Come on, y'all. I'm kidding. I don't go through it that fast, but almost. And so then I make a choice, and the choice that I make leads to sin. All right? Now, for, for many of you, um, 
let, let's, let, you know, I've been talking about me and sugar and ice cream, and that's kind of like a thing to, to help illustrate this. But maybe for you, it's that you really are in debt, but you think you need another outfit. And, and, and so here's what happened. Oh, I'd love to have that dress. And, and, and then, so that's the thought. And then you imagine, oh, yeah, if I wear that and then get some pictures and I put it on Instagram and then I get all the likes and the hearts and the fire emojis and the kissy faces and we start imagining it, you know, and then we justify, well, one more outfit's really not going to help. I mean, I'm already upside down. I mean, what's it going to hurt? And, and, and we, we justify it to the people around us. Hey, I, hey you know, husband, I, I found a deal. And I saved the family money because it was on sale 30% off. How did you save the money buying something you didn't need? You just put the family in more problems, in more debt, even if you got the thing 90% off. The 10% you spent, you didn't have to spend. I need a little help in here right now. I, I'm, I'm preaching. But I need some people to, to grab hold of the way we think about something, imagine something, and then we, we justify it. And then we make a choice and ultimately we sin. We, we go through this process. For some of you that battle with lust, it's a thought. I'm bored. I'll check and see what's on my phone. There was something on there last week that you know, got me excited. I'm going to go back and check it out. So you think about it. You imagine it. Then you justify it. It's not that big a deal. Just looking. You make a choice. And now you produce sin in your life. So what are, what are we going to do in the face of temptation? And for some of you, you're like, this is heavy. It's not that heavy. This is where y'all live in. It's where I'm living. We all have to battle against temptation. We all have to overcome temptation. Here's the thing that will help some people that feel really, really judgmental or holy right now. Jesus was tempted in every way, just like you and I are. The only difference between Jesus and us is that when temptation came against Jesus, he said no. But it was a temptation. Like it appealed to something in his flesh that he could have done the wrong thing, but he overcame. Hit somebody and tell them, you can overcome. You can overcome. All right, so how, how are we going to do this? Um, you don't want, you, it's not a point on the screen. You may want to write it down. But what we need to do is we have to decide ahead of time what we're going to do when temptation comes. See, some of y'all, the problem is, is you wait until you're tempted. But if we can make a decision before the temptation comes, we'll have more success against it. I got to decide ahead of time how to resist so that I don't fall into something that hurts the heart of God or hurts the people around me or becomes destructive to myself. So how do I fight my way out? Number one, I have to submit to God. This is very important. I know this is simple, but it's important. I have to submit to God. This is exactly what James tells us to do. In James chapter 4, verse 7, he said, Submit yourselves then to God. 
The second step is I have to resist the devil. The second part of James 4 and 7, look at the second half of the verse real quick. It says, submit yourselves then to God. And the next part of the verse says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there's number one, I submit to God. And number two, I resist the devil. Now you would think number one would be just resist the devil. Just flee from the devil. Just get away from the devil. You know, run, get away, fight against him. But James says that before you fight against the devil to resist temptation, that number one, you've got to submit to God. And the reason for that is because you are not designed to live victoriously by yourself. You're not. You can't live victoriously all alone. You need the help of Jesus. That's why with every invitation or every temptation that comes against you is actually, we talked about it last week, that is an invitation to depend and trust in God. Every time you're tempted, it's an invitation for you to draw closer to Jesus. Now, in order to submit to God, for, for some of you, and this is going to be hard because we live in a culture where nothing's wrong. Everybody's doing the right thing. We can, you know, decide what gender we are. And it's, it's right. What world are you living in? Everything's Okay. Listen, the first place you got to start it with is everything's not okay. And you've got to acknowledge if you're going to submit to God and resist the devil, you have to acknowledge that what you're doing is sin. And it, everybody wants to justify what they do. And I could go down a list of, you know, deciding your gender and guys with guys and girls with girls. And y'all just need to get ready because sometime this year, I'm going to do an entire series on, on sex and on, on homosexuality and on transgender. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hit it for about a month. Because I re recognize I can stand up here and preach on the third heaven and revelation and wisdom in that third heaven, but we got people sitting in seats struggling with homosexuality, pornography. That, well, am I a guy or am I a girl? What, what, how many? We got to acknowledge, first off, that what we're doing, we have to acknowledge that it's sin. If I'm going to submit to God and resist the devil... I've got to acknowledge that what I'm doing, wherever it is I'm failing in my life, that that is sin. But we live in a society of masterful justification. Everything's justified. Everything, we got an excuse for it. We say things like everybody else does it. It's just the way it is nowadays. It's the way God made me. I'm so sick of hearing it's the way God made me. I, 
I'm so sick of hearing it. Because there's a lot about Chad Dingus that is not right and not good. And if I don't submit it to the authority of God's word, I'm not trying to get God to change and follow me. I've got to change and follow him. And if it's not in accordance with the word, God's not wrong. I'm wrong. I acknowledge it. I lay down this part of my life. I don't say that's the way you made me. I took on the, the, the nature of Adam, but it's now time as a follower of Christ to become not like Adam, but like Jesus, which means I got to bring some things into submission to the word of God. I don't make an excuse. Somebody give him a praise right now if you're ready to bring some things in alignment with the word of God. I am so tired of hearing it. I eat ice cream. Sometimes it's wrong. I don't ask Jesus to change, I change. If you struggle with pornography, quit justifying it. Quit saying it's no big deal. It's not really adultery. The old covenant said don't commit adultery, but in the new covenant, Jesus said if you look upon the opposite sex with lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. You change. Everybody wants to justify. I'm a man. I got needs. We want God to change. But it ain't God take up your cross and follow me. He already took up his cross and died for you. What are you saying? I'm saying taking up your cross and following Jesus is not easy, but it's necessary. It means you have to make some changes. If you're going to fight off temptation, you've got to submit to God and anything in your life that you feel is inconsistent with the word, work on it. We could go home right now and you've got enough word to go change something. We got to bring the things that are out of alignment and listen to me. You need to understand the culture is not going to get better. It's going to get worse. A lot of the lifestyles that we know is an absolutely, it's an absolute slap in God's face. A lot of that is only going to grow. It's going to escalate. It's going to become more normal. And, and here's our stance. We love everyone. But whether your struggle is with a substance or a lifestyle, it's not, we love you. But we also understand God doesn't change. We have to change. Give him a praise right there. I, I, need, you, I need your help because we're going we're gonna to dive into some stuff. Some of us need to acknowledge where we're wrong. You say, well, well how, do I, how do I submit to God? How, how do I do that, Pastor? Like I, I, I raised my hand once. I prayed the prayer Submission to God, hear me, for me, is a decision I have to make every day. 
It's not a decision I've made once. Every day, if I don't choose to submit to God, listen to me, I am capable of doing the the most grotesque, sick sin that would gross everybody out. I can't believe that's my path. If I didn't choose every day to submit to God. Paul said, I die daily. Paul's biggest fear was is that he would preach the gospel like I'm doing today, but then at some point, because he did not choose to submit to God, that he himself would become disqualified. That was his fear, that I would preach to you and help you, and then I would get off track and do something that separated me from God and disqualified me for ministry. Here's what you need to understand. If you're sitting there hearing that part with any kind of judgment in your head, you need to know you're capable of awful things. But for the grace of God, anybody in this room thankful for the grace of God that is on your life, that has kept you from doing things that would have destroyed you, would have destroyed your family, would have destroyed your children, but you made a decision to honor God. That's what submission looks like. It's a choice every day. God, I submit to you. I submit my whole being to God. And for you, that may be a prayer. God, I submit my mind to you. I submit my hands to you. I submit my relationships to you, my money to you, my decision-making to you, my business to you my career to you, my job to you. I'm going to submit everything to you. And I'm going to decide that up front. I have to do that every single day. You say, why do you got to do that? You're a pastor. The reason I have to do that is because I can be distracted just like you. How many know you can make a decision one day, I'm on fire for the Lord. All I want is the Bible and the Holy Ghost and maybe a latte. And the next day, something shiny comes along, and you're distracted. Oh, I need that car. I need to buy that boat. I need some new golf clubs. How many are easily distracted? Some of y'all are not, right? I literally called myself at one point this past week a squirrel. I was jumping from one conversation to another so quick, I stopped and said, I'm like a squirrel. I can't focus. And, and so it happens. We make a decision to follow God. And, and I want to tell you today, you have a choice today to rely on what's in a bottle, something that medicates you, something that makes you feel good, or you can choose to rely on God. I can rely on something I smoke because it helps me, or I can rely on God. I can rely on food and semi-sweet chocolate chip ice cream and sugar because I feel like it helps me, or I can rely on God. I can take a legitimate sexual need and go out and meet that need in an illegitimate way, or I can rely on God. And I'm saying to you today that before you give in to temptation, that God has already provided a way of escape 
take before the temptation even comes and you can decide today to eliminate some things from your life so that you don't have to deal with it tomorrow. Why wait until tomorrow to eliminate something that you already have the power to eliminate today? Why? Now, the second thing he said, he said, we submit to God, hit your neighbor and say, he's almost done. I've preached and I, I, I don't even know what I've preached, but I feel like it's been in line with the word. All right. Submit to God. Secondly, resist the devil. We've all heard people say, I just couldn't resist. I just couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't say no to it. Couldn't resist it. Felt like I had to give in. It's very important that if you're already submitted to God, if you're submitted to God, when temptation comes, your confidence is not in yourself. If you're submitted to God, your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence is in Christ who is in you. The Bible says that Satan comes at you. Um, the Bible refers to him as a roaring lion, that he comes looking for those he can devour. And when that happens, you, you don't rely on your ability. You rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. You rely on Christ. The scripture says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in me and will quicken me. And so what that means is that God will give me the power that I need to resist. And I recognize that the Christ in me is more powerful than the wrong desire in me. This is powerful, but I got to be submitted to God. And from that submission to God, and I'm coming under authority to his word, I now have the power to resist temptation. And somebody needs to be reminded today that Christianity is not a playground. It is a battleground. Serving Jesus means you're going to have to make some decisions, and you're going to have to stand up against some things that it would be a whole lot easier just to give in to. But you're going to have to say no to why? Because I am bringing my life under the authority of his word. I'm not trying to get God to change to me. Ephesians says we battle not against flesh and blood, but powers, principalities of this dark world. And so what we do literally is that we fight with weapons that are not of this world. And these weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. What is a stronghold? Something that's kept you in a prison too long. Something that's kept you addicted too long. Something that's kept you in the dark too long. That's what a stronghold is. But we have weapons that have the power to demolish strongholds. We have the weapon of prayer. We have the helmet of salvation. We have the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith that can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We have the belt of truth. We have our shoes are prepared with the gospel of peace. We have all of these things that God has given as weapons. And whatever temptation comes our way, we should meet the temptation at the door of our lives by saying, I was expecting you, but I am ready for you. 
Don't go through life thinking you're not going to be tempted. You need to say, when it comes, I've been expecting you. I knew you would show up, but I have already decided what I'm going to do with you. I've already determined how I'm going to handle you because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I begin to fight back. And what, one of the best ways to resist temptation is to eliminate it whenever you can. That's really, really good, so I'm just going to say it again. One of the best ways to resist temptation is to eliminate it whenever you can. Solomon was giving advice to his son. And this verse is a little bit funny because it's fatherly advice. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, a father talking to his son, he says, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. He goes on to say, Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. So he's saying, I don't even, son, I don't even want you to put your foot down on the wrong path. I don't even want you to take one step in that direction. I want you to stay away from it. And just in case you're not listening, hey, stupid, are you listening? He says it again and again and again. He's saying it over and over. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it. Go the other way. Dodge the wrong path. Run from it. Stay off the path of the evil one. Don't even get close to it. One of the best ways to resist temptation is to avoid it and eliminate it whenever you can. Just go ahead and decide now how you're going to handle it. Practically, what does, what does that look like? It means that if you struggle looking at the opposite sex at the gym, because every time you go in there, there's guys with their shirt off and girls in yoga pants and you're just like, your mind's just like, boom, 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 boom. Stay home. Work out at home. Y'all think I'm joking. I'm not joking. I'm saying don't go work out there. Stay home. Or, you know, work out at home or just get fat at home. It's better to gain a little weight down here and make it to heaven than for your soul to burn in hell because you couldn't resist temptation. I think, you know, the Bible talks about if you're something sins against you, cut it off. What's that look like? It means put some software on your computer that'll protect you. I heard this thing last week. You know what the iPhone is? It's, it's porn in your pocket. That's what it is. It's porn in your pocket. So, so practice, what's that look like? Put some software on your computer that someone can see everything you click on. If you're not willing to do that, that means you're not, you're not willing to overcome temptation. If... if Statistics are correct. More than half the people in this room right now look at pornography on a consistent basis. One out of every two. 
We say, I want to be free. Well, I'll tell you how to get free. Let what you look at go to somebody else. You say, that's extreme. No, that's, that's called um, living in freedom. You say, what, what, what's that look like? It, it, it looks like that if you're in Kroger to get detergent, why are you in the ice cream aisle? Come on, I need somebody to clap right there. I mean, I really, why am I, why am I down the aisle where the semi-sweet chocolate, I keep talking about this, because it's real. Why, why, why am I going down the aisle? I'm here for Tide. They don't keep Tide in the freezer. Don't go down the aisle. Don't go. I mean, I may have to tell Karen at some point. And I'll even use Pastor Karen. Baby, Pastor Karen, I I really shouldn't be going to Kroger anymore. I have a real problem. I'm cheating on you and the Lord and the kids with semi-sweet chocolate chip ice cream. I need help. If you really love Jesus, you don't say, because some people will hear that part of the sermon and think, I don't know if I want a pastor that needs accountability, or I don't know that, you know, people who really love Jesus need accountability. And you could say, you can say it that way and be real prideful about it and say, I can't believe all these people need accountability with their phone, their computer, you know, what they eat and where they go, because... But you, you can look at it as, I can't believe they need that. Or you can look at it as, that's a lot of wisdom. That's, that's wisdom. Protect yourself on the front side. So, so to anyone um, that makes a decision to protect their heart, their marriage, their family, I would call that wisdom every time. I would call it wisdom every time. For some of you, this is going to be a game changer because it's not about getting in the middle of temptation and right in the middle of it having to scream, no, in the name of Jesus. You've got to do some things before the temptation comes. You've got to put some software on a computer, on a phone. You've got to stop going down the chip aisle because you've gained 34 pounds and you know that your health is deteriorating and you keep buying the Doritos. And I'm not even being funny about that. How many of you would say today, because we can all talk about this one, sometimes you struggle a little bit with food. Anybody? It's difficult, right, to be disciplined in that area. If you've got a problem with alcohol, we should not find you at the bar. Just don't go there. Don't hang out with people who are doing that. If you're overcoming drugs, don't go around your old friends. You may have to set some boundaries. You're at work and you're about to do something you shouldn't do, maybe with with another person you work with, whether it be an emotional affair or a physical affair. I I would just say change departments. Or, check this out, quit your job. 
What do you mean, Pastor? I got to pay the bill. Yeah, you do. But you also need to make it to heaven and not burn in hell. Quit your job. Find a different one. I have learned the reason we fail when it comes to temptation is because we don't have a plan before it comes. We always think in the middle of it. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just have the courage. And, and maybe a lot of times you will, but what about the one time you don't? How much damage are you doing to your own heart? How much damage are you doing to your own relationships? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. You can stand with me. I'm going to stop right here. It says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Let me say it like this, because here's what the devil wants. The devil wants you to feel condemnation when you're tempted, even though you should feel zero guilt about temptation. Zero. It's not wrong to be tempted. Zero guilt, zero shame, zero condemnation. Any condemnation that comes on you from temptation is not from God. It's from the devil. So he wants you to feel guilty when you're tempted, but he also wants you to feel guilty when you mess up. It's constant guilt, constant shame, constant condemnation. That's where he wants to keep you. He wants to keep you locked in that 24-7. And so I say that to say this. Jesus is not surprised by you getting tripped up. You say, well, I really blew it last week, Pat. Jesus is not surprised. Or I'm really struggling with this temptation. Jesus is not surprised. Jesus knew what you would struggle with before you got in the struggle. He was already very aware of what your propensity uh, to, to sin would be. He knows where and how you struggle. So instead of feeling shame, condemnation, and guilt, today what I hope you feel and what I hope you take from the message, it's not any of those things, but I hope what you take away is hope because our God is faithful and he will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way of escape. If you believe the word today, go ahead and give Jesus a praise right there. He'll provide a way out. I want you to Bow your heads, close your eyes. No one looking around for the next couple of moments. I want to speak to some people today that you're in this room today and you're not in relationship with Jesus. I want to talk to you first. You know that you're not right with God. If Jesus were to return today, you would say, I, I don't know that I'm ready for that return. His heads, are, uh, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one looking around. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, that's me but I want to change that. I want to make a decision for Jesus today. I want to give my life to him. I want to have my sins forgiven. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, you're talking to me right now. I, I want to make things right with God. I need Jesus to save me. I need him to forgive me. Anyone at all that would say, that's me today. Anyone at all. I'm going to ask a second question today. 
those of you that are in this room and you say, you, you know what, I, I recognize I'm human and I recognize also that if I'm gonna overcome what's been tempting me and where I've been failing, I'm gonna need God's help. You recognize that you are vulnerable in an area. There's something that you probably need to eliminate today so that you don't have to face it again tomorrow. And you need to put some distance between it and you. But you need Jesus' help in order to accomplish that. I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if you'd be honest enough to say, you know what, I've been struggling with a temptation. I've been tripped up a little bit, but I'm ready to put some distance between me and it. But I know I need God's help. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are? Come on, throw it up high, throw it up high. Whatever the temptation is, whatever the temptation is, hands up all over the room today. Father, I speak life over every single hand that just went up. I speak life over every single person. I pray in the name of Jesus that they would eliminate this thing today with a choice, with a decision. By submitting to you and by our submitting to you, God, we know we have the power then to resist temptation. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for those that need accountability in order to get past whatever it is they're being tempted with. I pray, God, that you would give them the, the foresight, the, the knowledge to know that not only do I need to make a decision to beat this temptation, but in order to do that, I'm gonna need God's help and I'm gonna need some, somebody's help. I'm gonna need to be accountable. I'm gonna need to put some software on, on my phone or computer. I'm gonna need to stop going places I, I shouldn't go. I'm gonna have to put some physical distance between me and it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, you give them the strength. I pray that you help them understand today that they are loved, that there is hope, that they don't have to live in a prison to temptation, but God, they can be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're doing in and through us. We thank you that this house is filled with hope. It's filled with overcomers. It's filled with people who used to be in bondage, but now they are free. It's filled with people that not only have received freedom, but they're helping others find freedom. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Did you get something out of the word of God today? Amen. You come get this stuff. I'm gonna ask the prayer team and staff if you would go ahead and get in place. The worship team is gonna come. We're gonna open up the altars. Listen, we'll pray for a sickness. We'll pray for a financial blessing. We'll also pray. You need to understand, we will pray and come into agreement that whatever it is temptation-wise, how many believe that God answers prayer, right? We will pray for you and with you. Let's worship God. If you need prayer, come and receive it. Give Jesus a big praise today. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.